thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. I was up here last night. I, I Kind of prior, prior to COVID, um, a lot of my Saturday nights are spent up here working and, and getting things kind of finished up for for the day on Sunday, it's just kind of my um, my quiet time prior to um, to Sunday and and a time to to pray and think about things. And uh, of course, with COVID, I, I I had the ability to kind of do that on Sunday mornings. I'd come up before uh, the services, the early service started, and I would do it then. But I'm kind of getting back into uh, that routine, and, and I'm sitting up here last night and. And we're we're continuing in our in our um, my favorite series uh, today. We're going to talk about Job. Uh, your uh, your story that you wanted us to talk about. Um, the, the the title one of the title slides that I found uh, talks about Job uh, trust God's wisdom. But uh, I decided to kind of title today Job choosing faith and suffering. And the more I thought and prayed about it last night, I don't want to. Sometimes as, as preachers, it's easy, I think, to, to minimize real true struggles and maybe exaggerate God as kind of a cosmic wizard that, well, you've got this little struggle, God's this cosmic wizard, he's going to snap your fingers and everything's going to go away. And, and, I, and as I was thinking about this this week and working on this, and especially as I was really kind of trying to zone in on some things last night, I, I kind of got to the point to where I don't want today's lesson to be one of those things that, number one, downplays suffering, because suffering is real, suffering is hard. Uh, we all go through times and challenges in our life where we wish things could be different, we wish things could be better, and at the same time, I also didn't want today to be full of uh, what I heard one guy say one time, uh, fortune cookie preaching. That, you know, you, you pop open a fortune cookie and you get a, a little quote and that's supposed to like take care of all the problems. Because I believe, I believe in our lives and in our walks that um, we, we, we have moments of suffering and we think, well, if I believe in God, then my suffering is going to get better. It's going to be different. It's not going to be as bad. Uh, but Paul says, hey, look, you know, you're going to have moments. He calls them light and momentary moments of suffering. But the thing that we realize is sometimes moments can be short and sometimes moments can be what? Long. And we can go through seasons. And so what I want to do this morning, what I, what I think we kind of finally settled on is I want us to talk about maybe some misconceptions, maybe not talk about them, but address misconceptions in leaning in in faith during times of suffering, and then also what happens if I do lean into God during times of suffering, what can I expect to receive back from God? And so we're going to talk about those things. We're going to look at those things through the life of Job. But the first thing that I want us to think about this morning is, is this idea, choosing faith in suffering will not eliminate the pain. Choosing faith in suffering will not eliminate the pain of the challenge 
or of the suffering that I'm going through. And sometimes I think we, we, hey, listen, just, you know, lean into God's power. And that's so real and that's so true. Lean into God's power. He's going to help you get over this. He's going to help you overcome this. But that doesn't mean it's going to be in the absence of pain sometimes. And Job is a prime example of this. Job was a guy that was nearly crushed by his pain and his suffering. As a matter of fact, when, when Satan came up and really just kind of tore to him in his life and, and really took him to task, his response was he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and fell to the ground. When he heard that his children had died, he got to the point to where he used pottery to scrape you know, the balls off of his body. The only thing that he could do to find relief. And yet in the midst of such pain and heartache, Job issues some of the greatest statements of faith that we've ever heard. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord takes has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. That's chapter 1 and verse 21, but then he goes on in chapter 2. He says, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. But even though we have these moments, it's easy. It's easy to look at Job and go, look how great of a man of faith he was. Look at these great, wonderful statements that he's in the middle of all of these challenges and all this pain in his life, and he still stands firm, and he says, hey, look, you should still trust in God no matter what comes your way. Well, let's just be real this morning. Pain, suffering, and challenges, they're not easy. And leaning into God and leaning into his faith and trusting him doesn't always make the pain go away. And I don't want us to have this misconception that, hey, just believe in God and it's all going to be okay. That there are going to be moments, there are going to be times, Job is a prime example, that we're going to face challenging, we're going to suffer in this life, and it's going to be hard. But we have one of two options. Do we lean into God or do we lean away from Him? And Job shows us that even though it's going to be hard, one thing that we've got to do is we've got to keep leaning into God in those moments. Here's the next thing, kind of a challenge is a misconception that we have. Choosing faith and suffering will not stop the questions. How many of you in times of challenge, in times of, of, of suffering, you've had a conversation with God and you're like, hey God, what's, what's the deal here? Why is this going on? Any of you ever had that moment? I want you to go with me to Psalms chapter 22. All right, Psalms chapter 22. Psalms chapter 23 is, is a great, well-known psalm, right? And usually when you've got a great, real-known psalm, the psalm before and the psalm after, it kind of gets overlooked. But Psalms chapter 23 is a very interesting psalm to me um, because, number one, Jesus quotes this psalm as he's hanging on the cross. And number two, I've had moments in my life where I've kind of had the same questions that I've asked God. Now, and, I, and I've always said, there's nothing wrong with questioning God. All right, follow me here. There's nothing wrong with questioning God as long as you're truly seeking godly answers about things in your life. Now, blaming God is a different story, okay? Looking at God and going, hey, this is your fault. That's a different story. But, but questioning God. So David, he's, he, man, he's, he's really in a low place in chapter 22. As, as high of a mountaintop experience as the 23rd Psalm is, Chapter 22 is, is in the valley. He goes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not hear by night. 
but I find no rest. You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. And he's, he's got to go on and and that tone carries on for the majority of this book, for the majority of this chapter. But what's he saying? He's like, God, I'm having this hard and difficult time. Uh, I'm being challenged. I'm suffering. And he goes, where in the world are you? Have you ever had that moment with God? Uh, I, I truly believe that, hey, look, if, if David, the man after God's own heart, has that type of relationship with God, then, then it's okay for me to have that type of relationship with God to where sometimes I just go, hey, look, God, I don't understand what's going on. But leaning in in faith and leaning into God, is, as much as we may want it to, it's not going to always answer those questions. We're going to wonder, why is this happening? Why is this going on? David also says in Psalms chapter 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Paul was in prison and, and, and for many, you know, kind of different occasions. And some of the words that he writes in Romans chapter 8, I think are really interesting because what I, what I think happens to Paul as he's writing sometimes is that he's, he's learning to dig a little bit deeper. He's, he's learning that, hey, it may not answer the questions, but leaning in on faith gives me something in return. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses we do not know, when we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes with the groans that words cannot express. And he who searches, searched our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. You know, sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes we don't have all the answers, but one thing we can be assured of is when, when we're struggling in those moments, who's right there with us? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is there. To, to, to intercede, to say, hey, you may not get it. You may not know what's going on. You may not have all the questions answered, but hey, I'm still taking your thoughts to God. And, and, and I love that idea. But let, let's understand this morning that, hey, leaning in on faith doesn't always, it doesn't always answer the question of why. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why have these events taken place? And then the last thing in this idea is choosing faith and suffering will not create a logical reason for your suffering. Now, we, how many of you like logical answers? We all do, don't we? We like, we like to know the why, the how. You know, this happens this way and this happens that way and all these things. And when we suffer, when we have moments in our life, we try to figure out and understand, you know, and they don't fit this certain pattern, we get kind of frustrated. And it adds to the frustration in those moments of suffering. But I want you to... I want you to go back a little bit and think about the passage that Jonathan read for us just a few moments ago. The book, the book of Job presents one of the most unusual pictures I think that we see in all the Bible. It's the God of the universe, the God that created all of the universe, entertains what we would call the bad guy, right? Entertains the bad guy. And as, 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 as Satan's been walking around, you know, he, he comes up and he says, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm looking for someone to, to try to challenge here. 
I'm looking for someone to try to challenge. I'm looking for someone to see if I can trip up and see if I can keep them from following and worshiping you. And what does God say? Have you thought, to, have you thought about Job? you to take a moment. Let's pretend that Job is standing right there in the middle of that conversation. What do you think Job's response is to that question? Have you thought about Job? Andrea, you're right. Uh-uh. Let's, let's not think about me. God, no, let's think about someone else. You don't need me right now. There's nothing logical to us about this conversation. But the thing is, is suffering doesn't always make sense. Suffering doesn't always make sense. You know, we, we think about life and we think about, you know, I've got, I've got four kids. And in my mind, and, and, and other parents, you, you think the same way or have thought the same way. In your mind, you, you have a dream for your kids, right? I mean, it's maybe not a specific dream, but you have a dream for your kids that they're going to grow up, they're going to be smart, they're going to be talented, they're going to, to marry well, they're going to be faithful Christians, they're going to have a wonderful family themselves, uh, they're going to retire and live, you know, the end of their life in, 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 in the great sunset of life, but does life always work out that way? No, life is full of tragedy. Life is full of tragedy, but in such hardships and in those difficult times, we have to understand that faith doesn't always make things make sense. Faith doesn't always just make things make sense. And I, if we're not careful, sometimes, and the reason I wanted to start with these three things is because I believe, like I said, we, we create this, this idea, especially in times of positive, when, when we're not struggling and suffering, of, oh, as long as I believe in God, everything's going to be okay. But everything's not always going to be okay. But there are some things that Job teaches us, and that's what I really want to, to, to spend the majority of our, our thought on, is that faith in suffering will do some things for us. And it's some important things that it'll do for us. And so let's talk about those. Choosing faith in suffering will remind you that who? Read that, that God is in control. So in the moments of suffering, in the moments of challenge, control feels like it's not there, right? Because if I could control something, if I could control this, this moment of challenge, this moment of suffering, it would have never happened. But I want you to know this morning that God is always in control, all right? God is always in control. From the very beginning of the story of Job, from the very beginning of the story of Job, who's in control? God. It would be easy to look at it and go, oh, well, Satan, because he's the one doing these things to Job, right? He's the one that's kind of pulling the strings. But ultimately, who did Satan have to answer to? God. God said, hey, I'm going to allow this to happen. I'm going to allow you to have this amount of, of control, and I'm going to allow you to do this, and I'm going to allow you to do that. Choosing faith does allowed God could choosing faith doesn't allow God to be in control it only reminds us that God has always been in control amen choosing faith doesn't allow God to be in control it just reminds us that he's always been in control so your options in the midst of suffering is is one of two things I can reject God or I can follow God I can follow the God, and I can lean into the God that has created the world, that has always been there. I love that conversation that, that David is having with, with God in, in chapter 22 of Psalms because he, he reaches back and he recalls 
all the times that God has always been there. And even though he's struggling in that moment, as you get to the end of the chapter, almost like David writes chapter 22, and you can go back and read it later, it's almost like he writes that chapter at two different times. There's the moment of struggle and weakness. We all have those times and those moments where we struggle and maybe we say things that we don't mean to or we're trying to figure things out. And then we come back after that, and, and maybe we've worked through that moment. That chapter is very much written in, hey, I'm struggling right here, but I've, I've put down my pen, and I've come back to this piece of paper later, and I have finished it out, and he acknowledges all the things that God has done for him and that God is there for him. In that, in that first part of that conversation, he says, you know, in your, uh, say, our ancestors put their trust in you. They trusted you, and you delivered them. He recalls. The reason that he's wondering, God, why are you not here now? It's because I know you've always been. God, I know you've always been in control. And I'm wondering, why does it feel like you're not in this moment? But David echoes back to that. So remember that in your life, that suffering will remind you that God is in control, even though it might not seem like it. That seems almost counterproductive there, but it's so true. Choosing faith in suffering will be a rare gift to God. Think about that for a second. Choosing faith in suffering will be a rare gift to God. How many of you enjoy singing? Now, I'm not asking how many of you are good at singing. I'm asking, how many of you enjoy driving down the road singing? How many of you, okay, let's open it up a little bit. How many of you enjoy music? Music, a song, a song can take you back to a moment 30 years ago, can it? And just make you be in that moment again. It, it, can, it can bring you happiness. A song can bring you sadness. It, it can remind you of someone that you miss or that you love. But one of the things that I think is so powerful about worship is worship is not just meant to happen in positive circumstances. Worship is not meant to happen in just positive circumstances. Nothing about your present circumstance, good or bad, changes, number one, the nature of God, and number two, it doesn't change the way you should praise God. And I truly believe that praising God in the moments of the greatest suffering and the greatest challenges is some of the most pure and honest worship that you'll ever have. Because you're not just singing because things are great. You're not just praying because things are good. You're actually saying, hey, God, look, think, things stink right now. But even though they're, they're hard, even though they're challenging, you're still there. And I'm still going to worship you. And that's some of the best worship that you can bring to God. Tonight, as, as we come back for our replug, uh, we'll meet at 530 for uh, our fellowship period. But we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this idea because I think it's so important. Uh, and we're going to spend some time in Philippians chapter 4 to tie into this story of Job. So go home tonight and read Philippians chapter 4 um, and some other things as well. But I love the words, and the reason I make this point is because of what Job says in Job 19, verse 25. He's sitting there with his friends, and, and they're trying to encourage him, but I, you know his friends kind of get a bad rap, but I think part of the problem with, their, with his friends is they're trying to think logically, they're trying to figure out logically why this is happening. But this is what he says in chapter 19 and verse 25. He says, hey, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. 
and that at the end he will stand up upon the earth. How awesome of a statement is that? Now, that's a great statement if things are going great and wonderful. That's an even more powerful statement in Job's life when things are just going awful. And he says, hey, you know what I still know? I still know that God is good and that my Redeemer lives. He's there for me. So worship and praise God in times of suffering. That's going to be one of the greatest gifts that you can give him. Let's, let's talk about one more thing, and then the lesson will be yours. Choosing faith and suffering will bring you closer to God. Choosing faith and suffering will bring you closer to God. Though Job didn't know it yet, as the events of chapter 1 and chapter 2 unfold and everything in his life is taken away from him and his friends come and, 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 and they have these some positive conversations and some negative conversations with him, what he doesn't realize is that this is all setting up a huge, intimate, personal, face-to-face -face conversation with God that Job's going to kind of have his moment where he's going to kind of lose it a little bit. He's going to get frustrated. He's going to get aggravated, which is natural when we're, when we're stressed out and when we're in times of challenge. And he's going to just kind of look at God and go, God, what's the deal? And God's going to have this conversation with him. And he's going to say, hey, where were you when this happened? Where were you when this happened? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did that? He's trying to paint this picture of Job of saying, look, as we've talked about, I'm in control here. I'm in control. But some of our greatest intimate moments with God are going to come because of struggles and suffering in our life. Think about, think about the characters, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, even David, their greatest stories don't happen in many ways until their most challenging moments, until their most challenging moments. And the same is still true today. People who suffer and look for God find great comforter. They find someone that's going to be there and help them put their life back together. I, I want to close with a story that, that I found this week. It's about a family. Their, their last names were the Bennett family. They were trapped in their house during Hurricane Katrina. And they, they lived in Biloxi, Mississippi. You know, that part of Mississippi didn't get near as much, um, didn't get near as much press as everything that happened in New Orleans. But she tells this story to, to a news reporter never been so scared in my life. She said as, as they were in their attic, the, the waters kept rising. They could feel that their house was shaking. Trees had fallen around their house and had kind of knocked their house off of the foundation. And during the most scary moment, she said, their four-year-old, why is it that children, Jesus says this, unless you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. She said, my four-year-old daughter grabbed my hand and said, mom, let's just pray. Let's just pray. And as the story goes, that she, the, the, the waters eventually recede. They go to a, the local middle school. They were there for uh, about 10 days. The, the conditions of the middle school are awful. A preacher from Georgia, a preacher from Georgia finally sees their story come across the news. And, and he pays for buses to go pick up all of these 
350 people at this middle school and bring them to Georgia so that they can be fed, so that they can be taken care of, so that they can have clean, a clean environment, just better conditions. This was what she said was the, the, the worst moments of their life. But three weeks to the day, three weeks to the day of the hurricane, because of the love of this church, her, her husband, and her daughter all became Christians. All became Christians. And she said that their life would have never changed if they not had to suffer. And I think that's the last thing that I want to understand this morning. That suffering ultimately, if we allow it to, brings us closer to God. David, after his son has died, he has this affair with Bathsheba. And he, he repents of those things. But the punishment was what? Your son's going to die. The, the, the servant comes. David's been in ash cloth, uh, ashes and cloth, and he's been praying and fasting. And when his, son, or when his servant comes and says, hey, your son's he's died now, he gets up, he cleans up, and he goes eat. And the servant's confused. He says, why in the world when your son was alive, he said, why did you act this way, but now that your son is dead, you get up and you act like nothing's, nothing's wrong. That's the Matthew paraphrase here. But this is what he says. He says, I can't bring him back, but I can go to him. That moment of suffering brought him closer to God. And understand that suffering is going to be challenging. Suffering is going to be difficult. But that suffering can bring us to an intimate level with God that we've never had before and can help us focus on where we need to go and the way that we need to live. Let's close with a word of prayer. And then the lesson will be yours. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the love that you show us. I thank you for the grace that comes from you, God. I know that life is challenging. Life is full of moments that we just step back and sometimes go, what, what in the world is happening? Why are these things going on in our life? And, and God, we've all faced them. You've told us that no temptation or no challenge has faced us. That's not common, but that you're always going to provide a way out. You're always going to take care of us. And God, I thank you for that. Help us, God, in, in times of struggle to lean into each other, to lean into you, to draw our strength from you, to just, to just trust in you, God. We know that you are in control. We know that you are um, the God of all things, the God of the universe. And let us truly believe that. God, we thank you for everyone that's here today. I just pray that you bless them as they leave and as they go about their life this week. Bring us back together uh, soon so that we can continue to praise you and study and allow our fellowship to grow with one another. Just take care of us, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community. Is inspired.